Welcome to Raise the Line with Osmosis from Elsevier, seeking solutions with leading experts on how to increase healthcare capacity so people can get the care they need during the pandemic and beyond. I'm Lindsay Smith, Director of Engagement from Osmosis from Elsevier. I've had the true privilege to interview this year's Raise the Line Faculty Award winners. Earlier in 2022, Osmosis asked for nominations of top faculty members around the world. Osmosis received over 1,000 faculty nominations from over 377 institutions globally. Our panel combed through and selected just a handful of teachers out of the hundreds of nominations we received. The winners received many nominations with their students and colleagues submitting videos and testimonials telling us how they embody the osmosis values. I am pleased to be joined today by Professor Joanne Baxter, who is one of our 2022 Raise the Line Faculty Award winners in the DEI category. First of all, uh, thank you so much for joining us here today, Joanne, and congratulations on your award. Thank you. It's great to be here. Before we jump in, I would love to get a little bit of background on you, where you're working, um, some of your career highlights, perhaps. Um, well, kia ora um, koutou and warmest greetings. So I'm Jo Baxter. I'm currently the Dean of the Dunedin School of Medicine. Uh, by way of background, I am Māori. My mother has whakapapa to tribal areas in the west coast of the South Island, so Potening Ngaitahu, and also in the Upper South Island, Ngāti Upper Kitira Tō. And I suppose in terms of background, I trained in medicine. I went to medical school in the 1980s and then went on a bit of a journey. I trained as a psychiatrist initially before changing my specialty area of interest to public health medicine. And one of the reasons I did that was because I got really interested in not just how we could best support the care for patients and their whānau or their families, but also thinking about, well, what were the reasons why we were ending up with the health issues that we had and also ways of making a difference with services. So I eventually, through a whole range of things, trained as a public health physician, which I'm currently a a practicing public health physician and ended up working here at the University of Otago, starting out in teaching in epidemiology and then uh, Maori health and have really had a 20-year journey teaching medical students and other health and health science and health professional students in Maori health, but as well as that doing a range of other things, including establishing along with a really great team of people uh, the Māori Health Workforce Development Unit, so supporting um, pathways for Indigenous Māori students into and through a full range of health professional and health science programmes as and I was the Associate Dean Māori as well for our wider Division of Health Sciences, so became the Dean of the Dunedin School of Medicine in July of last year. And so that's taken me into a new role, which is really supporting uh, our organization, the School of Medicine to really grow and develop, including for me, really supporting our goals and aspirations for growing and developing Māori Pacific and wider equity groups as part of that journey. 
Thank you so much for that background, Joe. It's very clear that your teaching has inspired a lot of young healthcare professionals who nominated you for this uh, wonderful award. Can you talk a little bit about what inspired you to get into education? I think for me, when I was at high school, going back many years, one of the main reasons I ended up in medical school was because I had the support of particularly one of my teachers who was my Māori teacher at the time, and he was really encouraging and supportive of us. We, I went to a school where it wasn't usual for people to go to university, um, so he was very supportive of us, and I think for me, I have long held a view that education provides an amazing platform to really make a difference to get some transformational outcomes and that as I traveled through and eventually ended up working for the University of Otago as I started to have opportunities of working with students and staff about how we could best teach and engage them in some challenging areas in the earlier times teaching Māori health and Indigenous health, it was less well recognised as something that was as important as it is today. And so it had to do a lot of relationship building and a lot of development of ways of teaching that made it safe for our Māori students in the class, but as well as that was able to engage and take a wide diverse range of students and staff with us. And although the journey was challenging, I really started to enjoy the creative side of that. How do you develop techniques, strategies, tools, content that will allow people to grapple with some quite challenging material, but do it in such a way that leaves them feeling empowered to go on and utilize what they've learned maybe in practice or in their own teaching. And so I found it really satisfying to do that the other thing that has been really helpful and has been a real pleasure has been to be part of a network of colleagues both in the university I've got some amazing colleagues Māori health teaching colleagues but as that wider colleagues who've really supported our teaching and learning and equity, diversity, uh, Māori health, and also being part of an international, there's a, a group called the Leaders in Indigenous Medical Education that brings together people from Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Hawaii, the States, Taiwan, all with a real interest in how do we really embrace and support Indigenous education within health professional training. So it's been a very positive collegial experience. It has been challenging. I have also really enjoyed, I think, watching the students and this next generation of young people coming through really embrace and engage with conversations about equity, diversity, cultural safety, Indigenous rights, anti-racism in a way that is, I think, much more open and progressive than potentially what we've had in previous generations. And, and partly that's because there's a lot more work and exposure and support much earlier on 
for people to be engaging with these issues. So not only has it been a really positive thing to start to see shifts in people where there may have been quite a lot of resistance to this, but to actually work with people that are very open and see what they're able to do with what they're learning and knowing that they're going to take this learning out into the various roles that they have and will build on and work with that. So I have, I think, found in Te Ao Māori or in the Māori world, the concept of ako, which is learning and teaching, it means the same thing, teaching and learning. It's the same word for both teacher and learner. And I think for me, that concept that we get as much from the people we're teaching as as they get from us, and I think that very much has been my experience, um, which isn't to say that there aren't some really challenging times where you strike resistance or it's hard to get through to the next phase for some people or some groups, but on the whole, there's a whole lot of positive outcomes from it that is, I think, inherently rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I wanted to kind of double click on is it seems like it's kind of come full circle for you. So you were inspired by a faculty member and it appears that you're doing a lot of that in your day to day today. And the second thing is that the work that you're doing um, in the DEI space to kind of create this more um, culturally diverse, competent, inclusive community is such important work um, and only getting more important. Mm, Thank you. So in order to win this award, you had to receive many nominations from students and colleagues. And one testimonial we wanted to go ahead and read to you to get your reaction. I'll go ahead and read that. And then I'd love to know what you think of that. Joanne has always been a forward thinker in terms of her teaching. She is constantly exploring various resources, shining light on ethnic health inequalities, and therefore inspiring so many in her work. She provides exceptional support to students who struggle with academic and mental health issues, and it aligns with the osmosis value of having our backs. How does that make you feel, Joanne? Um, Well, I feel very flattered by that. Um, And I suppose I feel very heartened because for me, you know, as someone who's got a, a medical background but ended up in an educational area, my passion for health and well-being and for supporting not just what people know in their heads but also their hearts as well um, it really makes me feel it makes me feel good that that is what people are experiencing and so feel you're very humbled by that feedback absolutely absolutely so at osmosis we have these core values and maybe you've had a chance to look at them in the testimonial from one of your students they said that you had the osmosis value of having our backs but wanted to see kind of of the values which one you felt like you resonated with the most i think i would agree with have each other's backs i think possibly heart would be if i was to it's find something that overarches a lot of the different values and that again really fits with uh, my values personally but also Māori values and there's some really cool concepts in there that I, I, I perhaps live by and one is a concept of manakitanga which is a concept of looking after and caring for and being really active in in support and care and the other one is aroha which is probably more that sense of heart or 
yeah, very much that personal caring for for people. And I think also in terms of heart, I'm aware that what we teach will be much more impactful if the students and those who are teaching not only have this in their headspace, but they it, it is in their heart space as well. So I think that's one that resonates particularly for me. Yes, absolutely. And start with the heart is one of my favorite values as well. I wanted to understand what's next for you. So personally, professionally, what's next for you and your institution um, in the coming year? So as I said earlier, I've taken on a, a really big and new role this past year, starting as the Dean of the Dunedin School of Medicine. And I'm the first female Dean in 148 years. It's a really big school we have a whole lot of students and staff some of them are medical students we've got a whole range of programs Uh, we've got a number of eight departments we've got relationships with the health sector and communities and I suppose for me we've also been coming through a time of a lot of change we've obviously had COVID which both the health and education sector has you know it's had a lot of impact on just people's stress levels and things as well as um, we've had a whole new restructure of our health services here so in my first while in the job I've really been focusing on building and strengthening my understanding of what are the needs of the school but now heading forward for this following year and onwards I'm really keen to strengthen our strategy and culture related to things like equity inclusion and diversity really keen to identify if there's areas that we can really strengthen in that regard and obviously Maori health and indigenous health is important pacific health uh, I really want to look at how we can grow and develop Māori and Pacific staff and students, as well as that there's a whole range of other areas that in the equity inclusion space that I'm keen to wrap more of a strategic lens around. And one is disability. Uh, We have, I suppose, a really important role in supporting and working with and partnering with our students and staff who are living with disability, but also what we offer in terms of teaching and learning around disability. So that's an area that I'm really keen to support. We have some real challenges with regards to supporting a workforce who works in rural areas. So again, really keen to support some of the kind of wider strategic goals but also for me is having a clear sense of culture and values for the school that brings in actually many of the core values that sit there on this piece of paper. I've got them printed out here, you know, that that are reflected in osmosis. And I might have some different words or terminology, but really helping everyone feel valued and supported, knowing that they have a role to go on and value and support 
others and I feel very privileged there's a great team of people who work in the school a really diverse group of people we also have got a lot of research that's happening and I'm keen to understand how we can strengthen our research to be able to enhance our capacity to contribute in that equity inclusion um, space health inequalities but as well as that the kind of research that's going to help us answer questions that will make a real difference so so perhaps a bit of everything but again taking an approach which is my role is to provide an environment within which hopefully the staff and students will thrive and that that will be all staff and students and that we won't have uh, people feeling excluded or non-included. And perhaps the what I found really helpful over the last few years has been the growing recognition of the concept of belonging. And I think having a really strong sense of belonging for everyone within the organisation that we're part of, I think, is really critical. Yes, absolutely. A lot of alignment, I think, with some of the Osmosis values, for sure, um, and some of the wonderful work that you're doing. Also, congratulations on being the first woman to hold the position of dean today. That is um, incredible. Thank you. So we um, at Osmosis are a, a teaching company, and we love to fill knowledge gaps. Is there any topic that you would like to educate us and our audience on that you think everyone should know about? Ooh, I think probably for me, and it's quite a difficult concept, but I think it possibly is one that may be helpful for anyone who's trying to grapple with understanding equity, inclusion, diversity, and why we have inequalities why do different groups end up with quite different outcomes from society and I think the concept that I think is really helpful is one that is around understanding that we haven't got to this position of big differences in inequality big differences in outcomes from society by accident. It's not something that is an unfortunate byproduct of just the way the world is, and that it has been at the tail end. Where we are at now has been because of very purposeful strategies and approaches that have been taken politically, socially, economically, that have privileged some groups and not privileged others. And then once they're in place, it becomes very difficult to dismantle those. The justification for why we should not dismantle those things often is coming from the group who has been most privileged by those things. And it becomes, actually, the world is this world. We have created it. It serves us very well. If people want special privilege or to do something differently because they can't make it, you know, that's their problem. And I think that kind of dynamic is one that's very hard for people to grapple with because it, it's quite confronting. And so what I, I think would be really helpful quite fundamentally is for people to have an understanding 
about the system, structures, history, politics, the things that have led us to being in this situation and why it might be that in our organisations and institutions, so for instance in my own university, around 3% of the staff here are Māori, but 15% of the population is. So, you know, that's not an accident. And, you know, what are the, therefore, the things that we would need to do to do that? So I think that is a gap. So a lot of people engage with this much more proximal to the outcome. Gosh, we've got an inequity. Let's come up with some initiatives to undo or tackle some of those. And those things are inherently really important. And I've done a lot of work in what are some programs, strategies, initiatives to turn these things around. But I also think having people having a sense of the lack of justice that sits behind the pathway to lead us there then gives them a bit more opportunity to for the why this is important to engage with, but also the strategies that can be used to do that. And I think really purposefully understanding resistance to pro-equity, anti-racism, understanding the kinds of resistances that come up and what's behind those resistances so that we can again develop strategies to achieve this. So it's uncomfortable. It's not in anyone's comfort zone to do this, but I think uh, if we don't head into dealing with our own discomfort, dealing with power differentials, we will end up perhaps being able to do some things, but we won't crack the root causes. So I've gone on a bit of a <laughs> a rant, but I think it is a thing that most people or many people don't actually get what's behind why we're at where we're at. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to understand that that history, right, to make any um, changes moving forward. So I think that was a great knowledge gap to fill in. Thank you so much for that. Right. I've got one final question for you and wanted to give you an opportunity to thank anyone who has helped you kind of get where you are today. It could be peers, students, family members, colleagues. Is there anyone you would like to give a special shout out to? Well, I, I have many people to thank, but perhaps more proximally, obviously my family, the people who have been part of my collegial support crew. So I'd need to mention Zoe Bristow and the team in the Māori Health Workforce Development Unit. I've had very supportive leaders, uh, Professor Peter Crampton being one who've really championed equity agendas and have been really uh, positive in both their support but in as inspirational people. My colleagues in Māori Health across the medical school, I've got... Bridget Robson and Suzanne Pitama, very much amazing colleagues leading out in Māori Health and now more widely. Uh, and I suppose I've already sort of mentioned my my family and, and the community that I come from, the communities that I come from and the ongoing support over the years from all sorts of whānau, um, aunties, cousins, immediate family and and now I think as I've stepped into my new role there isn't any one person in particular but I would like to acknowledge the very 
positive energy and support from the staff and the students for the direction that we're headed in and that is greatly appreciated. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us, Professor Joanne Baxter, and congratulations again on receiving the Raise the Line Faculty Awards. Obviously, this was very deserving, and we had a lovely conversation with you. We are wishing you and your faculty and your students the best year uh, moving forward, and thank you for helping train the next generation of healthcare professionals. Thank you so much. If you like this podcast, please share it on your social channels. You can also subscribe to the series and check out all of our episodes at osmosis.org slash raise the line podcast. Thank you.